The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson here on the Full Court Press, 5 o'clock hour. Thanks for joining us. If you want to weigh in on anything that we talk about, we'd love to hear from you. You can text in. The text line for the Full Court Press is 435-339-0321. And, uh, boy, we had a pretty hot hour to start things off last hour debating the Utah Jazz and what's going on with the Jazz. There's some... Uh, strange happenings today with Utah Jazz announcing a lineup change and then an hour later, maybe, announcing that they're changing it again. So the news was that they were going to move Mike Conley from the starting uh, from the starter to the bench and Royce O'Neal would be in, among the starters. And then a little bit later on, they say, nope, we're going to keep Mike Conley as a starter. We're going to keep Royce O'Neal as a starter. We're going to put Joe Ingles on the bench and uh, make that switch. So it's got a lot of people trying to figure out what happened. The Jazz discussed it. They, the coaching staff made a decision. They, well, you know, there's certain media members that uh, caught word that this was going to be happening. And after shoot around, they told the team. And then after shoot around, they did a reverse course and uh, changed things up a little bit. So, got a lot of people wondering what's going on with the Utah Jazz locker room and what's happening with that team. I don't think there's any question all of us think something needs to be done. There's something fundamentally amiss with the Utah Jazz, the way that they're playing lately. They've lost uh, well, they've, they're only 4-8 and eight over this stretch of games we knew were going to be really, really tough but they're not playing good defense in that stretch. They're getting torched. They're losing to teams that aren't even playoff teams, that have losing records. So it's very disconcerting to see what's going on with the Jazz, and there's obviously something needs to change because whatever they're trying hasn't been working. And so a change in the lineup, a change in uh, shifting things up with how they're trying to organize themselves, certainly I, I think is definitely worth exploring. They need to find out that right combination of defense that's going to be on the floor at all times along with the right combination of offense that can keep them in the game as well. Uh, and a big part of that is, you know, where does Mike Connolly fit into all of this as well? It just doesn't really seem like he is quite consistently fit in with the Jazz system and the Jazz personnel. Before the All-Star break, they won three games in a row, and or was it four games in a row? And it looked like he was looking pretty good. Now, he was scoring 18 to 20 points a game. He was distributing the ball. He was... He was part of the mix and part of the success that was going on. Since the All-Star break, it's been a different story, and they've been outscored, and their opponents are doing whatever they want offensively. So it's been a real problem for the Utah Jazz. Now, Mike Connolly did address the media today as there were questions about the lineup change, and uh, he spent some time talking to them about that and the current state of the Utah Jazz. So an extended conversation here from uh, Mike Connolly earlier today, some of his comments with the media. Mike, can you kind of describe what the, the film session was like yesterday and today? Um, 
you know, coach obviously pointed out a lot of things that uh, felt that we could be doing better at this point, things that we've been doing, uh, but for whatever reason, we haven't, um, you know, been able to do in the last few games. So obviously we were locked in and focused on that and, um, you know, really was a mental, mental day just of trying to get a lot of information in and um, trying to get us, you know, refocus on that. Do you think it's just rest coming back from the All-Star break? Or? Um, you know, it's, it's tough to pinpoint. All these teams are coming off all-star break, so, um, you know, we can't blame it on Russ. I think it's just mental focus. I think it's just um, trying to come out with an edge, um, continually just trying to get better as we do it and not worrying about the result as much as, as, you know, each individual play, each guy being accountable for each individual each individual mistake and um, going from there. The team has a bunch of kind of momentum. Like they'll go on long streaks of winning, and you'll lose five in a row, and then win five in a row. You don't have one-off wins or losses. What is that? Is it momentum, or what do you think causes that? Um, you know, it's, it's tough to pinpoint. I wish I wish I knew exactly what it was. I think each time it seems it seems and feels different. You know, early in the season, we obviously didn't we weren't playing or clicking at all, and and times and later in the season now, it's it's not that we're not playing hard or, you know, things are just, you know, not going our way certain games. But, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of uh, putting one one loss in the, in the rearview mirror and just moving on to the next game, not worrying about the wins or the losses. But like I said, just worrying about the individual minute to minute, moment to moment deals that we can take care of and control the things that we can control. And, uh, and eventually the wins will start to, you know, pack up and we won't be worrying about two, two and three, three game loss, losing streaks. Sorry, was there something I just think it's our consistency defensively. I think we've had moments where we're really good, but we're not doing it consistently enough. Uh, showed a lot of film of us just break, having breakdowns when we shouldn't have breakdowns. Transition uh, has been a big key on us uh, for us the last few days. Um, we're, we're allowing too many easy buckets. You know, it's, hard, it's tough to defend where you're giving up layups and dunks and transitions. So, getting back and communicating is going to be big for us uh, as we go forward. Is that just about getting back quickly, mostly? Uh, yeah, it's about turning and running. You know, um, you know, I think we we get caught in the corners watching um, and trying to go after loose balls and things like that. When all these teams nowadays, they like to run, they like to push it, and uh, you know, guards, big man, all of us, we have to try to get back and, and communicate and get to a man and stop him from getting to the paint. Earlier in the season, we talked about kind of the adjustment process for you, both you adjusting to how Quinn wants to play and how Quinn changing how he wants to play to adjust you. How do you feel like? Where do you feel like you are in that process at this moment? Um, I feel I feel really good about it. I really do. I, I feel like I've uh, pretty much got a grasp of everything, and you know I'm not thinking anymore. I'm just playing, and um, you know other than foul trouble last game, I felt like I was in a good a good rhythm going into that game too. So um, just excited about continually developing and uh, and just trying to be better and better for the team. There's a lot of talk about how to defend the team, uh, opposing or how the opposing team defends you when when they go small. What, what's that like, and what's been the issue? It seems like there's been a lot more turnovers. Um, well, it forces you to have to try to penetrate and make plays because you know when not 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 your traditional defense when you got you know, six five, six six guys guarding Rudy, and you know just guys switching back and forth. Um, we can't move the ball like we normally would uh, in normal pick and roll situations or you know. Uh, cycle of help situation so um, you know we just have to try to do a better job of, of taking care of the ball individually because we, we're going to have to rely on a lot of different guys to make plays uh, not just one or two 
So, um, you know, we just had to take care of it and, and get, good, get looks. You mentioned having to come out with an edge. How do you, like, create that? Well, I think, uh, I think it starts personally. Just, you know, what can you think about personally that fires you up? You know, um, things that, that you've done in the past that you're not, you know, not so proud of that you can improve on and, and that you're going to say every time at night I'm going to box out, every time I'm going to run back, every time I'm going to, you know, get a loose ball when I see one, whatever it may be, uh, come in with goals. Uh, and then, you know, a big players will respond uh, to the little things that you're trying to do. Do you feel like complacency crept in at any point? Um, I, I don't think complacency, complacency crept in. I think, uh, you know, honestly, I think that, you know, we, we just have a team that's, you know, has a lot of moving parts, is organic, and, and, we, and we're still getting used to people getting in and out of lineups, and just a lot of things have been kind of changing over the, the weeks, and um, guys are just adjusting, and teams are adjusting to us. You know, it is the middle of the season and a little bit further than the middle of the season, so teams aren't playing us the same way they were, um, you know, in December and January. So, uh, you know, guys are preparing for the playoffs, and we have to just continue to try to adjust and, and mold around, you know, all the adjustments. Rudy said when it gets to this point, you just you got to go back to the fundamentals and you got to emphasize those. What are some of the fundamentals that have been emphasized most yesterday and today? Um, big one uh, is closing, closing our possessions. Um, and that, that can be a wide range of things. That can be from boxing out, uh, communicating to getting back in transition, um, being the first to the floor, you know, just things that uh, we've, we've been doing and we're capable of doing. So. The, the issues with us is, that, you know, there, there's nothing glaring. It's stuff that we can do and we know we can do and, and we've shown we can do it. So um, it's just about getting back to that and concentrating on those little things. When it comes to the Celtics, a uh, guy like Jason Tatum, uh, what are some of the differences in his game that you think has kind of helped him take the next level this year? Well, honestly, I think he's, he's let the game slow down a lot for him. I think he's uh, obviously he was already one of the better scorers, better shooters uh, at that position. but. Uh, after watching him play, just seeing him play with such poise, um, you know, just really taking his time, getting to his spots where he knows he can be effective, uh, makes all the difference. You know, he's not rushing anything, so um, you know, he's going to be a, it's going to be a tough night for us defending him and, and, and just trying to to limit him to to not so many easy shots, but obviously give him some contested looks. Another something Marcus Smart, the shape of Tony Allen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of Tony Allen. Um, you know. Marcus Smart is a tremendous defender, but I think his his mental edge and the way he approaches the game and um, his physicality, you know, things like that are are you know reminiscent of what Tony brought to, to our our teams, you know, and, and they're invaluable, you know, those type of players. So he's he's definitely um, figured it out, and uh, not only is he playing great defense, he's doing better offensively as well. So he's becoming a a complete player. Okay, so there's Mike Connolly. Addressing the media, mostly about you know some of the issues that are plaguing the Jazz right now. How teams are attacking them when they go small out or five out, as it's often referred to. Um, how he you know fits into that. Um, I, I, I am a little bothered that he keeps saying that teams uh, they're, they're trying to figure each other out. Still, I mean, as we debated last hour. We're, we only have what twenty six games left, twenty five. You've been together a long time, so I get it. If there's extended injuries, extended periods of time lost because of injuries, it does take time to come back 
and figure things out again. And if you change your roster with trades, it takes some time to figure everybody out again. But there's been enough time passed since Mike Connolly has been with the team healthy and that uh, Jordan Clarkson has been with the team since the trade and that uh, roster overhaul happened with the trades and the wave that waiver that happened with Jeff Green. So I don't know that I buy that, but it is frustrating. Um, this is a team that's got to figure it out. I mean, Mike Connolly came from a team that was well known for its defensive prowess. The, they call it the, the grindhouse for a reason. Memphis was always a tough-minded defensive team to a fault. Um, and uh, I used to think Mike Connolly was a, a big part of that. Maybe we give too much credit to his contributions to that and not enough credit to the other members of that those squads with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, changing the lineup... You know, something had to change. Uh, and when you look at it, it's kind of minor. I mean, Connolly was a starter before the break, the All-Star break. But announcing that he was going to go to the bench earlier today and then backtracking on that an hour, an hour and a half later, just is odd. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to say that, look, this is maybe the team – the, the the coaching staff and the team got together and the players had some say in this and they decided to do, do it a little bit differently. I don't know that I believe some of the assumptions out there that an agent somehow got involved and is changing some things. But clearly something happened at shoot-around and at practice today that, that caused the, that coaching staff to reverse course a little bit. Not totally reverse course, but but alter it. From uh, moving Royce O'Neal into the starting lineup and taking Connolly out to then leaving Royce O'Neal in the starting lineup and leaving Connolly in the starting lineup and taking Joe Ingles out. I hope it works. They've got a good team coming into the house tonight. Boston Celtics are ahead of the Jazz in a lot of different metrics. Uh, the Jazz have to figure something out. I think they'll be up for this game. They should be pretty salty for how things are going right now. They all know they need to dig deeper defensively and be more stout and not give away so many possessions as they've been giving. It's embarrassing that a team like the Phoenix Suns doubles the Jazz up in, in the paint. When you got a guy like Rudy Gobert, I mean, that's that protecting the rim. It's embarrassing that you allow that many points in the paint. But I get it. Rudy's got to be frustrated. He's got to feel like he's a lone man out there. He needs help on the perimeter uh, with some of the other players involved before they even get down to the to the paint. So it's it's been really frustrating to watch this Jazz team since the All-Star break. And even in some of those games before the break, uh, they they seemed to figure it out a little bit where they were playing a little bit uh, tougher, more aggressive. Uh, they've, they've got to figure that out again. Does Joe Ingles coming off the bench, is that the solution? I don't know. It didn't seem to really work that great. Joe wasn't quite as effective as a player off the bench in the early part of the season when that was happening with a healthy Mike Connolly. 
But I think that that bench was different back then, too. So I think that it's worth trying. (laughs) They need to do something. Because what they've been doing, it hasn't been working. I think that it's important to have Royce O'Neal in the starting lineup because he's their best offensive player is going to be in their starting lineup on the opponents. So you need your best defensive player out there as well. But the what do they do when Rudy Gobert sits? Uh, that's the other problem. Uh Bradley has had stretches where it looks like he's figuring it out and he's coming along, and then he disappears, and we don't see him for a couple of games where he's not really that effective. So there's a lot of issues here with this Utah Jazz team. It's great that they had the best record ever for their franchise at All-Star break, but we can all see that this team has a much higher ceiling. They're just not there. Something's not clicking. They have that potential. Just got to get it figured out. So anyway, Utah Jazz will be taking on the Boston Celtics tonight. We'll have the full play-by-play here. We'll hear it in real time, how it's working. David Locke is going to have his own opinions. You know he will. He'll have some numbers to share with you as well, I'm I'm sure. But uh, pregame starts at 6.50, and tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. We'll have the full play-by-play. Boston Celtics, Gordon Hayward, and his canter. Jazz will be up to play those guys. Uh, by the way, we have to. And it, whenever there's a jazz game, we have to share a little Jimbo slice to get you ready. Uh, <laughs> his latest ones today. He always he always uh, uh, tweets at David Locke, so he he'll see it. And sometimes David Locke responds to this guy, which is entertaining. But the one today, maybe if Rudy blocks cancer tonight, you could yell, "Oh my!" Cancer ran into a mountain, and it was beautiful. <laughs> I don't know, just a thought. And his cancer's gone on the record saying he doesn't really like the mountains, which is weird. But so is he. Uh, anyway, Jimbo Slice. And then also, it's uh, he's always got has two things. He'll always tweet at David Locke about something he should say in his play-by-play, and then not to be dramatic. He says, not to be, not to be dramatic, but if the Utah Jazz don't win tonight, I'm going to hide in Home Depot, and then after it closes, I'm going to spend all night shiplapping the bathrooms. Okay. Oh, he did tweet at uh, Gordon Hayward uh, early this morning. Uh, hey, lunch is on me. You up for a Zupa's avocado crab melt? Of course, uh, that was what was rumored that gave him some food poisoning ahead of a playoff game a few years back. Anyway, uh, yeah, crazy situations going on with the Utah Jazz. Uh, playoffs, uh, or excuse me, the, the current standings. Um, in the NBA, uh, Jazz are firmly in that fifth position, but now the Oklahoma City Thunder are breathing down their neck. Jazz just a half a game ahead of the Thunder. They're a full game behind Houston for fourth place. They are two games behind the Clippers. They are three and a half games behind the Denver Nuggets. So Jazz are at risk of slipping even farther in the playoff standings. Uh, it is going to be a busy night in the NBA. Besides the Jazz taking on uh, the Celtics. I'm sorry. I'm saying this game was at 7 o'clock. I totally forgot. It's an ESPN game. It's an 8.30 game tonight. Sorry. My bad. So pregame at 8.20. Tip-off will be at 8.30 this evening because of ESPN. 
Uh, Vegas line does have the Jazz favored by five. I'm honestly surprised that it's not closer or if not even in favor of the Celtics. Uh, but a um, couple other games of note to watch. The Grizzlies are at the Rockets tonight. Uh, Mavericks are at the Spurs. Clippers are at the Suns. All games that could affect the standings in the Western Conference and those teams that are around the Utah Jazz where they are right now. So Jazz are tipping off at 8.30, pregame at 8.20 tonight here on The Fan with uh, David Locke with the full play-by-play. All right, we're going to call a timeout here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, uh, we'll look at the Utah State Aggies. Big win for them last night over the San Jose State Spartans. Great start of the game. Surprised to see how many points San Jose was able to score in the second half. Didn't really matter, obviously. But great tributes uh, for the, the seniors, those that will be uh, graduating and leaving Utah State. And uh, great performances by them. And a great performance by another player who may have played his last game in the Spectrum as well. We'll talk about that coming up next here in the Full Court Press. You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show. How do you tell Dak, we want you to be our quarterback, but we need to keep costs down. And of course, Dak can sit there and go like, hey, look, what are your other options? Is Marcus Mariona available? Sure. Tom Brady may be available or Philip Rivers or Derek Carr. All these guys could be made available. I get it. I understand it. I also understand the Cowboys don't want to spend that much. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. By George! Daryl's Appliance present day sale is a great time to buy appliances. This is Jay at Daryl's Appliance. You can get presidential savings with an extra 30% off select Whirlpool and Maytag appliances in stock. Scratch and dance always in stock and up to 40% off. Interest-free financing available. Stop in to check out the presidential savings in store on Whirlpool and KitchenAid appliances. Hurry, the sale ends soon. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. What is love? Love is what we live for. Love is timeless, never-ending. Love is when you say your name with hers and it has that special ring to it. At Jarek's Fine Jewelry, we know what love is. Our fine collection of engagement rings feature a variety of diamonds and colorful styles. And if you can't find your perfect ring, Jarek's Fine Jewelry will help custom design one that is the perfect fit. When it's love, it's Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. February is Heart Month, and what better place to help your heart beat regular than the Sports Academy? This is Dan inviting you to experience the newly renovated Sports Academy today with the most group fitness classes, red zone training, stop Pilates, and year-round swimming, tumbling, and tennis classes for kids. No matter your age, no matter your goals, keep your heart healthy and love life at the Sports Academy. Your club, your results, your life. You spent so much time wondering about your future, and then it just clicked. It's what you've always wanted to do, and now you get to do what you love and be a part of something special thanks to New Horizons Beauty College. You get to express yourself and challenge the artist inside of you while helping others feel beautiful. You'll say you definitely made the right choice. Your beautiful career starts at New Horizons Beauty College. Apply today. Call 435-752-9779. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the premier ear, nose, and throat clinic in northern Utah, is excited to announce the opening of their second location in Providence, 169 North Gateway, right next to the Bank of Utah. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat also welcomes Dr. Zachary Robinette to their practice. 
The Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat Clinic inside Cash Valley Hospital and now in Providence. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. This is Bruce Rigby from Cash Valley Bank. We're a community bank, and Cash Valley is important to us. That's why we continue to invest in downtown Logan with new expansion. Our mortgage department is moving into a newly remodeled bank building just north of the Tabernacle. We are also remodeling the historic Thatcher Bank building at Center and Main, and we have a very experienced lending team there. With our new Hiram and Smithfield branches, it's now more convenient than ever to bank with us. Growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Three ten left to play. Malachi's three. Good! Good! He knows how good he is. Well, Colorado State made it a close game against San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State eventually pulled away to win that game, but a pretty exciting night in the Mountain West. Um, San Diego State beating Colorado State 66-60. to uh, Malachi Flynn leading the way for San Diego State, scoring 17. Mitchell had 15. Colorado State, big performance by Nico Carvacho. He scored 17 points, pulled down seven boards. Also got some help from Stevens. But uh, that was that was a back-and-forth game. Uh, suddenly, at San Diego State looking pretty vulnerable. Um, Colorado State had a, a bit of a lead there, had about a seven-point lead, about eight minutes to go. And then just went stone cold and didn't score again until uh, about three minutes ago, under three, Uh, under two minutes ago, excuse me. It's hard to win games late when you go cold for that that stretch of time. Starting about being cold, how about San Jose State? My gosh. They took forever to get on the scoreboard against the Aggies last night. So great start for Utah State on senior night. And great performances by a lot of different guys for the Aggies. Uh, I thought particularly Namiash Keta played great. 23 points, 10 boards, 2 assists and a steal. Um, you know, Sam Merrill played great. Uh, only had to play 28 minutes. With the lead that they had, uh, didn't have to play a whole lot. Didn't have to work real hard, but still put in 18 points and 7 assists for the Aggies. Understood there were a couple of NBA scouts there, about uh, two or three different scouts from different teams that were there. Uh, interesting to uh, listen to some of the guys on the on the uh, ESPN broadcast uh, referencing that there were some guys for there from Houston scouting Sam Merrill, and they, they said that he, they thought that he would fit in very well with their Houston Rockets system. I have a hunch that they were there not only just to look at Sam, but also look at Namiya Keta. So not only was it the the last game in the spectrum for Sam Merrill, Diogo Brito, Abel Porter, and Roche Groupfam, I wonder if it was the last game in the spectrum for Namish Keta. Uh, 23 points, 10 boards, 2 assists, and a steal. Uh, I, I thought that he did better on the low post. He had a nice soft touch. Um, 
looked like he was playing extra hard to get noticed. But all around, great effort by the Aggies. Uh, jumped out on, on San Jose State early. It took San Jose, what, five, six minutes into game time before they actually scored their first bucket? It was just complete domination uh, from Utah State early on. And, of course, they, they really didn't look back. Uh, ending that first half, just only allowing uh, 14 points from San Jose State in the first half. Incredible defensive effort uh, by the Aggies. Uh, and it was interesting, Diogo Brito inserted it in the starting lineup. Is that just because it was senior night? Or is that a preview of more things to come? I, I thought it worked great, to be honest. Having Diogo Brito in the starting lineup, uh, a- another ball handler, a good defender out there, somebody who's willing to go out and, and do a lot of different things. Uh, he ended the night with six points. Two steals, five assists, five boards. Just an all-around great performance again by Diogo Brito. And, and I thought that it, that Brock Miller played effectively coming off the bench. He looked a little bit more loose. Uh, he had six boards, hit a couple of three-point shots. So, um, honestly, I think that's got to be something to look that, that coaching staff has to look long and hard at. Is it worked out really well? Granted, it's San Jose. They're not good. I get it. You could do just about anything uh, with anybody else on that bench and insert them into the starting lineup, and it probably wouldn't have been that much different. But I love what Diogo Brito does for Utah State in a lot of different areas, and I liked how Brock Miller looked as well. So, uh, But again, I've said this before, he looks comfortable when the game situation doesn't really matter if it's either a blowout or they're blowing the other team out when or the a really bad opponent that they know they're going to roll over he always looks at his best uh if he coming off the bench against a, a better team in a tighter situation will he be similarly loose and more uh, in tune with what's going on with the game i don't know i mean that's still to be determined but i thought that was a, a, a nice combination with uh, Brito, the starting lineup, uh, bringing Miller off the bench. I thought Alfonso Anderson played great. We talked about him uh, last night as well, that uh, there was a stretch of games there where he was a huge contributor off the bench, had kind of gotten away and kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, uh, but was starting to play back into that role, and I thought he had some great plays. But how about that dunk by Roche near the end of the, the second half? Uh, you could tell there were multiple plays in different sets that the Aggies were trying to get the ball down to him. And San Jose was having nothing of that. They were collapsing. They were switching. They were denying the inbounds pass. Or they're making it tough for him to get where he wanted to be. And then the way he was able to get loose, get that ball, and just throw it down with authority had to be the play of the game. Uh, great uh, photo gallery on CashValleyDaily.com captured that moment. Thought that was uh, it was thunderous dunk. Student section came unglued. The bench exploded. Great moment for Roche. Good to see him got out there getting some minutes and uh, having fun with his teammates. And I, I, you can't overstate how important Justin Bean is 
to the Utah State men's basketball team as well. He does so many different things. He's such a nose for the ball. And some of those the points that he scored in the air, twisting his body to get the ball where it needs to be, and somehow it just still rolls in nice and soft and goes through the hoop. Um, he's so valuable to this Utah State men's basketball team. 13 rebounds, one assist, two steals, and a block to go along with his 12 points. Just another double-double for Justin Bean. Uh, great performance by him. So now the Aggies take some time off. Uh, they get ready for New Mexico. They fly down to Albuquerque to take on the uh, the Lobos on Saturday and uh, uh, to finish off the regular season. Lobos are in action tonight. So if you want an early look at what Utah State's next opponent's going to look like, they're going to be at Air Force tonight. You can see it on ESPN3. Game starts at 7. Uh, that may be worth tuning into because New Mexico's a team that uh, had some high hopes. There's some transfers that came in. Uh, smart, young coach. Uh, they look like there's some other guys that were part of the team coming back, just developing. And uh, they're going to be a decent team. They had a nice non-conference schedule. They were pretty well respected. And then they got into conference play, and they've just taken a nosedive. Now, there's been several different factors that have contributed to that. Uh, players getting suspended, players getting kicked off the team, the team going to house parties where people were getting shot. And so this New Mexico team is kind of in a free fall right now. They've lost um, seven of their last eight, nine of their last 11. So they're not, they're not playing great, ba- uh, great basketball. Um, they've been competitive in some of their games. Some of those, they were close losses. Uh, but in a lot of them, they really weren't that close. So it'll be interesting to see what team plays tonight to give us a precursor of what they'll look like on Saturday. They take on Air Force again at 7 o'clock. Uh, there's another game going on tonight in the Mountain West. That's Boise State. They're at UNLV. That's another one that'll be really interesting to tune into. Boise State's playing some decent basketball. UNLV on a real emotional high after beating San Diego State in San Diego. Uh, Those uh, Rebels, dangerous team right now. I don't know that I'd really want to uh, be facing them right now. Uh, But right now, Utah State, uh, after that win, they're back into that tie with Nevada. But Utah State does have the tiebreaker, so that puts them firmly in the second spot in the standings, four games behind San Diego State. Nevada right there with them. Boise State just a game behind the Aggies. UNLV a game and a half behind. Colorado State two games behind. So still really close, those five teams jostling for position and uh, what that uh, Mountain West Conference tournament is going to look like next week. So, uh, again, Utah State's in a position where they – it's not like it's a must-win. It's a can't-lose at New Mexico. And and you know New Mexico would love nothing more than to play spoiler – and to mess things up. It's not going to affect them in the standings. They're not going to move up any more than where they are. Uh, if they lose, um, you know they're going to be right there neck and neck with Fresno State uh, down near the bottom of the league. But still, this, this, is, this Utah State team is playing with uh, a, a lot of passion. They look like they're in midseason form, if not better. Everything's hitting on the right notes. This team looks like they're healthy. They're having fun out there. They know their roles, and uh, and they're playing great defense as well. So I don't think we could ask much better of Utah State than what they're doing right now. Um, And 
this they're going up against some really soft competition, which maybe masks it a little bit. But uh, I like the lineup change that we saw last night. I'm interested to see if that continues. Frankly, I think that's a good move. I'd like to see Joe Gobrito in the starting lineup uh, going forward. I, I liked having him off the bench for what he could bring as that sixth man, and there's not really much drop-off. But uh, Brock Miller was just just struggling with his consistency. And so I think if you can have somebody in there that's going to help you out of the gates and uh, apply more pressure on their opponents earlier on, I'd I'm, I favor that. I'm much, much more in favor of that. And if Alfonso Anderson continued to play like he, he did last night and has played a little bit here lately, he assumes that role that Diogo Brito had, and then you also have the, a great shooter potential with Brock Miller coming off the bench. So it, it's a great lethal combination for the Utah State Aggies if it can continue. But a uh, great night for the Aggies. Uh, I loved how Craig Smith gave curtain call opportunities for each one of those guys, uh, subbing them out one at a time as the second half started to to wind down. Um, Great crowd despite a late tip. Great student section. Great chance. Uh, I loved it when the ball got a little bit loose and and, uh, Brito was chasing it down with his feet, kind of kicking the ball around like a soccer game and the whole soccer chant, internationally known soccer chant breaks out. I'm not going to try to imitate it. But the uh, the student section starts doing that. Great. It was all uh, awesome for Utah State last night. Well done by everybody. So uh, love to see that um, with a, a team that's healthy, rested. They're dialed up. They're tuned in uh, with one more game to go in the regular season. And uh, kind of surprised to see uh, the other things that did happen uh, last night. Just how close... Colorado State got to San Diego State. That was anybody's game uh, until about five minutes ago, and then Colorado State just kind of stopped producing offensively. San Diego State really clamped down defensively and started to pull away. Uh, The other game that was surprising was Nevada at Wyoming. This game was really close. In fact, uh, Wyoming had their way for a good part of it, uh, and uh, it it was – um, you know, just they were they never went away. They're always really close. Got it down to uh, basically uh, anybody's game, about a tie ball game with uh, about three, four minutes to go. But uh, Nevada was able to pull away eventually in the end. These two teams played each other pretty close uh, earlier in the year. So um, just kind of shocking that Wyoming was able to play Nevada as close as they were. Nevada has been playing some pretty good basketball. And so I was surprised to see that uh, Wyoming was able to be so close to them. But Jalen Harris, who's definitely in the running for the player of the year, 23 points last night for the Wolfpack. Um, and I, really, I think it's a two-man race to see who wins the player of the year this year. I think it's between Harris and uh, and Flynn. I think Sam Merrill is still in the discussion. But um, I think in the end, it's probably going to go to Malachi Flynn. You give it to the best guy on the best team. And I think that's that's how it's going to go down. But I think it's setting up for a really fun and interesting tournament because Nevada's playing well, UNLV's playing well, USU, San Diego State seems to be more vulnerable now. So it's, they don't seem to be as much of a lock as we thought of them earlier in the year. So uh, it's going to be a fun couple of days in Las Vegas, I think, uh, next week. So big win for the Aggies. Uh, they're in that second place spot in the in the standings. 
off until uh, Saturday. And uh, tonight, there are just two games in the Mountain West, New Mexico at Air Force, and that's at 7, and then Boise State at UNLV. That's at 9. That later game will be on uh, CBS Sports Network. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, a couple different things we want to get through. The NFL Combine going on this week. Quarterbacks really take center stage tomorrow. Uh, What are some of the people saying about Jordan Love as they're evaluating his tape and evaluating his season, evaluating what he did at the Senior Bowl? Going to take closer looks at what he is all about in the next couple of days. Uh, But uh, we'll take a look at what they're saying about him. And the 4A basketball playoffs continue tomorrow, get underway tomorrow morning. So we'll look at the matchups, who's playing whom, when, and where, and uh, what do the matchups look like? These teams, these uh, Region 11 teams are going to be facing tomorrow for both the boys and the girls. We'll talk about that coming up next here in the Full Court Press. If you're considering a career change or looking for a job, write this down. TTM Technologies is hosting a job fair Friday, February 28th from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. Find out exactly what they do at TTM and see if it feels right for you. Did you know TTM Technologies is one of the largest printed circuit board product manufacturers in the world? A career at TTM is as rewarding as it is interesting. Open positions include machine operator with pay ranging from $14 to $17 per hour depending on position. For a full listing of openings, go to careers.ttm.com. TTM Technologies offers an incredible benefits package that includes health care, retirement, tuition reimbursement for full and part-time employees, regular employee bonuses, three weeks paid time off, and more. Learn more at the TTM Technologies Job Fair, Friday, February 28th, from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. at 710 North 600 West in Logan in their South Building. TTM Technologies is an equal opportunity employer. Meet AltaBank. The name is new, but the dedication to customers is a century old. With the same friendly people and legendary service, the only thing they could improve was the name. Learn more at AltaBank.com. Member FDIC. Hi, my name is Josh Watts, and for three generations, Preston Watts Collision Glass has taken care of all your collision and auto glass needs. Windshield replacement is just one of our specialties. We have certified technicians and the most competitive prices in the valley. We will waive up to $100 off your insurance deductible, give you free rock chip repairs, and to top it off, we'll wash your vehicle inside and out with your windshield replacement. Give us a call at 563-3215. At Preston Watts, we do it right. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Three Teams from Region 11 boys basketball are in action tomorrow. Three teams from Region 11 girls basketball also in action tomorrow. The 4A basketball playoffs continue. Tournament is taking place down at the D Event Center in Ogden, the home of Weber State University. And uh, there's some pretty exciting matchups when you look at this. The games begin in the morning with the boys. 
They start first. In fact, uh, the the first game is going to be played at 9.30 in the morning. Cedar City and Desert Hills. So kind of a Region 9 rematch. And then it's uh, every other game from there on features a Region 11 squad. Uh, Adam, the intern, chop on here. We'll, we'll talk about some uh, high school basketball for a moment, shall we? All right. Sounds good to me. So the the starting the first game for Region 11 teams that we're going to be paying attention to, Skyview versus Hurricane. Your Skyview Bobcats. My Skyview Bobcats. <laughs> They're a great team. Skyview is well-balanced. They're going up against a Hurricane squad that was only 13-10. and 10. Hurricane did beat Bear River. It was a closer game. Bear River just wasn't able to, to hang on and pull it out. So Hurricane beat Bear River 81-67. to If anything, Skyview has some tape on a common opponent. They have saw how Hurricane played against Bear River. They know how they've played against Bear River. Um, do you like Skyview's chances in this one? Yeah, I love Skyview's chances. I think Hurricane beat Bear River just mostly because Bear River had to travel down there. I'm pretty sure that threw Bear River out of their funk. So now that Hurricane has to come up here to Skyview, well, not Skyview, you know, dog, and it's pretty close to Skyview. I know like half the school is traveling down for this. I know the school is selling bus tickets, and if you couldn't get a bus ticket, you were making plans to drive down there. So the school is, the whole school is basically ready to go support Skyview, and I think Skyview just out-talents. I, we have a lot of talent on this team and a lot of experienced talent, too. That's kind of one of my things when I look at a team is how much talent you have and then how much experience do you have to go with that talent. So I think Skyview is able to pull it out. I, I agree. I, I think even if even if Hurricane is making their travel plans coming up today and they spend the night, they may they don't have to travel in the morning like probably Skyview is going to do. Um, I just think that Skyview has more talent. I think they've they've been more successful all year and they've had a really good team and a really good season um i i don't really see skyview having a problem tomorrow morning now as we get throughout the day though it could be more challenging for region 11 opponents like green canyon they're facing dixie and this is a team that had an eight game winning streak earlier in the year and then a nine game winning streak a little bit later in the year and then they've uh, won their last three so this is a dixie team that's 20 and three facing green canyon uh, the Wolves played well in their opener, but uh, they got a strong test tonight or uh, tomorrow. That game's at twelve uh, fifty against Dixie, who's one of the best teams in the state. They've already been they've always been on the heels of Skyview in those RPI rankings. Yeah, I think that this is going to be huge for Green Canyon if they can pull it out. If they can pull this win out, then they got a pretty good shot at the championship. But again, like you said. I mean, Dixie and Skyview, they've always kind of gone back and forth. And so we kind of saw how Skyview handled Green Canyon um, this year in region play. So it is going to be interesting to see if Green Canyon can, um, I guess, take things that they've learned from their losses and things that they've learned from their wins and just plug it in and see what they can do against Dixie. But it is going to be pretty hard. Dixie's a hard mountain to climb. Uh, By the way, that game will be on uh, 100.9 Light FM. Craig Hislop will be on the call for that game. And Green Can- or excuse me, Dixie has a couple of guys that you definitely have to watch out for. Isaac Finlinson averaging almost 17 points a game. For a high school player, that's pretty significant. And then uh, Noah Lemke averaging about 12 points a game. So they've got a couple of guys that they're going to regularly turn to if Green Canyon can uh, take those guys out or kind of mitigate their effectiveness, then they'll have a pretty good shot in this one. Uh, and then the later game in the afternoon for Region 11 opponents, uh, is a Ridgeline taking on a Juan Diego team who is 17 and 7 on the year? 
And this is also a Juan Diego team that faced Bear River and beat Bear River earlier in the year in a tournament. So, again, there's that common opponent effect going into here. But I, I like Ridgeline in this one. I just like where they're playing right now. I think they've got, they're coming to this state tournament with a real good head of steam and momentum on their side. Yeah, and I think, I think it was Ajay or somebody who said something like this, but their coach, Ridgeline's coach, isn't afraid to mess with like the lineup or the way they play as long as it stops the other team. I mean, we talked about, I think he was talking about how Skyview and how he, I guess the Ridgeline coach, I don't know his name. I don't know. Coach Day. Okay, Coach Day, I guess, changed his lineup to stop Mason Falslev. And that's one of the reasons why they kind of handled and just kind of beat Skyview. And so it is going to be interesting to see. I mean, you're right. They had the Kahneman opponent in Bear River. It's going to be interesting to see how they um, look at the film and then decide how they want to play, how they want to lock down on defense, and then how they want to play on offense, whether or not they want to drive it into the paint or take them out from the three-point line. And a, kind of a similar player that you have to watch out for is a Talon Valdez for Juan Diego. Leads the team at nearly 20 points a game, leads the team in steals, uh, and uh, he has about averages three steals a game. He, sh- he assists, he shares the ball. He's a dynamic player for Juan Diego. If they can isolate him, not a whole lot of other guys that really – shine and and play big minutes or score a lot of points, he really is kind of their bread and butter. So he's kind of like their Mason Falslev in a way? Yes. All right, all right, makes sense. Uh, So it's for uh, Skyview, they play here on the fan. That game starts at 11-10. That's when it tips off. So Hurricane John Newbold will have pregame coverage before then. And then it's going to be Green Canyon. That'll be at uh, 12-30, excuse me, 12-50, and then it'll be Ridgeline, and that'll be at, uh, excuse me, Green Canyon will be on 100.9 FM, and then Ridgeline will be on 104.5 FM, and Dave Simmons and uh, Nick Zollinger will be down there for, for those games. Now, for the girls, we have a couple other teams that are going to be involved with Region 11, uh, Green Canyon and Ridgeline, sending both girls and t- boys teams down there, but uh, Logan also sending their team down there. So the way it works out schedule-wise for the girls uh, playoffs. Green Canyon plays Juan Diego, another Juan Diego team. Uh, that game will happen at 4:10. So if you're going down to watch the boys uh, at about midday, stick around for a little bit because the girls play at 4:10, taking on Juan Diego, and Juan Diego 18 and four in girls basketball. Pretty good basketball team and a couple of common opponents. Uh, they beat Ridgeline in a really close game earlier in the year, one of Ridgeline's few losses. And they beat Skyview uh, as well. So a couple of common opponents from uh, Green Canyon and Juan Diego for the girls' basketball teams. Yeah, it is going to be it is going to be interesting to see how. Um, again, I don't watch that much high school basketball, so it is going to be interesting to see how Green Canyon responds to that. Like you said, I mean, I'm not sure how much these these coaches use film and things like that, but it is going to be interesting to see if they use it. I feel like they should because obviously common opponents, they're not really changing how they play game to game in high school. So, I mean, you can obviously take up hints that you're going to learn from, and I mean, playing Skyview, you know how to play, how Skyview played them. So obviously you're going to know how Juan Diego is going to play you. So so again, uh, Green Canyon, Juan Diego, that's at 410. Logan taking on Cedar City, and they probably have the tallest task. Uh, Cedar City has not lost since mid-December. They're 20-2 and two <laughs> overall, so it gives you an idea. Their first two losses came as near the beginning of the year. They haven't lost since, so Logan has definitely a tall task ahead of them. That game is at 5.50 Thursday night, 
Uh, best of luck to the Grizzlies in that matchup. They've got uh, multiple players who uh, contribute in big ways for, for Cedar City. And then the last game of the night for Region 11 teams is is uh, Ridgeline. Girls basketball team taking on Pineview at 720. It's Pineview team 16-7. and seven. Not a bad team, but uh, kind of evenly matched in some ways. But I still going to give Ridgeline the edge, similar to what I talked about the Ridgeline boys. I just think they've got some momentum coming into this postseason. Yeah, and I think like Ridgeline's going to be more consistent with that. Just when I was looking at that schedule, it just kind of seemed like Pine D was kind of off and on. So definitely going to give Ridgeline the bonus on that just because they've been so consistent all season. So it's going to be a very busy day for uh, Cash Valley teams down in Ogden to see how this all plays out. And uh, some of those games you'll hear on our family of radio stations. All right, going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, what are the latest things that are, that are out there about Jordan Love and his draft prospects as the NFL Combine is it going on this week? It's all coming up next here in the Full Court Press. The 2020 Cash Valley Radio Home and Garden Show, presented by Anderson Seed and Garden, is March 20th and 21st at the Echoes Ice Center. For over 20 years, thousands of people have enjoyed this fun and helpful home show. Main Street access, great parking, and thousands of visitors make it the perfect home and garden show for your business. Reserve your space today. Google Cash Valley Home and Garden Show. That's Cash Valley Home and Garden Show for details or call 752-1390. See you there. Love is in the air. Fall in love with a new vehicle from Young Honda in Logan. During the month of February at Young Honda, lease a new 2019 Honda CRV LX all-wheel drive SUV for only $279 per month. Love your adventures, love your payment, and love your ride. Visit our showroom today in Logan or see our selection online at younghonda.com. Young Honda. Think young, think value. Lease offer OAC, 36 months, 12,000 miles per year with $29.95 down. Transmission CVT does not include tax, title, license, and fees. See dealer for lease and financing details. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Adam the Intern. Uh, Jordan Love at the NFL Combine this week, getting a lot of praise for what he did and how he measured at the Senior Bowl. But now it gets down to the nitty-gritty as he's compared with some of the best that there are and NFL scouts paying very close attention. Um, Adam, you did some, some research on this. And there's some praise for Jordan Love, but there's also a lot of concerns about Jordan Love. Yeah, so some of the things that I saw, at least praise-wise, is this guy's an athlete. Like, this guy, he's a stud, and he can figure things out. But then again, some of the weaknesses that um, we saw is he's not very smart with the football. I mean, there there are some things that I was reading is, like, he doesn't use his eyes well to draw off safeties from where he wants to throw, right? He's He's not using his body to throw off defenses. You know, he's kind of one of those players who... I don't know if it's kind of a mental thing or just kind of a habit where he knows where he's going to go and he's just going to throw it in there. And a lot of times defenses aren't going to be able to pick it up. But, I mean, this is the NFL, and so these defenses are top-notch. Uh, they called it a challenging evaluation for him <laughs> because he, balancing some of his uh, traits and what his potential is because he didn't have great tape from 2019. Uh, basically, the way they graded him out, uh, they graded him as a – 6.33 on NFL.com, and that would put him in the will-be-starter-within-first-two-seasons area, of, uh, according to their 
their ranking system. So a very important day for him tomorrow. Uh, he's been interviewed. He's done the measurables. Tomorrow they put him through drills. So you can watch that on NFL Network, actually. So it should be really exciting to see how he plays and how he performs in some of those drills. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Utah Jazz basketball at 8.20 pregame, 8.30 tip tonight here on the Jazz.